0: All right, we're here at, uh, at the Kultur Block Party. Still.
1: Are you gonna start every interview with saying we're here at I'll the park Block Party still?
0: I'll probably figure it out by the
1: last, like, <laughs> a, like interview that
0: we do today. I'm like, this is how I should have started every single one, it and was, then just
1: chop it, like, chop it back. But Man. I can't,
0: I can't look that far forward. <laughs> so we're here with Mason from Vertex Effects Yes sir Do you go by Vertex Effects or do you have a different thing that you say? Your sign over there
2: I just have Vertex and you know some people will call it Vertex Effects But I think sure. Vertex is the most succinct So usually that ends up with what comes out of people's mouths You don't have like a catchphrase like sound device inspiration no. No. boxes No,
1: we're much more primitive
2: Vertex Inspiration Machines? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just get all like the buzzwords in there yeah. like transparent, tone yeah. you know. There we go. I know that we're making Vir- fun of someone Vir- right Vir- now but I can't Vir- for the life of me think of who it actually is I don't know
1: <laughs> Vir- It's Vir- a lot of people in the industry You, you just have, have to go straight straight for the kill kill, kill mode vertex game changers yeah
2: <laughs> vertex paradigm shifting holy grail everything everything's holy grail
0: <laughs> everything is the best all all the resistors are sanctified everything, yeah. <laughs> everything is magical
1: <laughs> vertex, uh, every pedal has the same name now vertex god mode boost yeah. vertex god mode distortion <laughs> vertex god mode
2: overdrive so you how long have you been around so i've been around since 2009 that's okay. a while now. yeah but i never i didn't do effects until about five years ago i used to just do rigs i used to just okay. build pedal boards okay and racks and that's I remember all that. i did yeah and so th- the pedals kind of spun off from requests or mods that i was doing for session guys in nashville or here in la uh-huh and And I kind of like was building them so many times as like these either one offs or customers like, man, I should just do this as like a pedal. So I don't have to do this every time so that we kind of became it was a natural progression from doing rigs to just going into pedals. Cool. Yeah.
0: And so you were showing us over there. That you have more of like a production line now, yes. where before everything was kind of more hand built, right? Like more one off, maybe.
2: Yeah. So I was doing more one off stuff, and and a lot of it was mods, but some of it was like ground up sort of stuff, and um, it was just too difficult for me to make it sustainable and be able to like spend time with my wife, and, right? Like, be right. able to do things I needed to do, so. I decided that we would, you know, go with uh, a really high-quality manufacturing facility that's right near where we live in in Silicon Valley, where I am. There's such a plethora of of electronics manufacturing places that are just like top-notch. I mean, they're just some of the best in the world. And uh, you know, I found a place that doesn't know anything about guitar effects, but they (laughs) they have a ton of military contracts. So I see like things that are coming down that are going to, like, GPSs into, right. you know, like, military aircraft, and then here comes my pedals, like, down the assembly uh-huh. line, and they're still all hand-built, and they still every, do everything one at a time, but, you know, moving from doing, like, 10 pedals at a time to doing 500 pedals at a time, it just, it was the only way I could Yeah. Do it. Because
0: then you can get everything built, and then you can focus on the business of it. And,
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that people don't talk about a lot is, like, with hand-building, there's a high probability of oh, yeah. human error, you uh-huh. know? Right. And if one solder joint's bad, everything else you did, you know, it goes out yeah. the window. And so I've actually noticed, even though people seem to like hand-wired stuff or the buzzword of that. From the reliability factor i think like last year we shipped about 2000 boosts and i had five failures out of 2000 and most of it was like a part problem like a switch didn't work so it's really pretty minimal as far as what comes back and so that's really great that's cool and then also i'd imagine
0: just the sheer numbers like saying like getting 500 made at a time you're gonna be able to catch with quality control like the batch that didn't make it much easier rather than you know sweating out in your garage right you know a hundred pedals yeah. in a month and like at the end you're so fried that you can't even quality control anymore. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 uh, doing stuff. I mean, I have the most respect for people who do that uh-huh. and hey, who can do that because it's, it's really a labor of love and you, and you, it's not sustainable if you're not a hundred percent into it, but it's hard to run the other aspects of your business. If all you're focusing on is building, like it's how, right. how can you market? How can you, and some people Absolutely. have gotten really fortunate and they have a lot of like, you know. You know, people who are doing podcasts and stuff like that that are supporting them, that are helping right. them, kind of get the word out, and that's great, but I think you'll hit a threshold pretty quick of, you know... Yeah, well, well it's definitely,
1: like, a tough thing we've seen with, like, guys that we've talked to that are small shop, where it's like, once the workload goes up, it's like, you got to cut out customer service, maybe, or... Yeah, you know, right. Well, we've been seen guys that we
0: know personally and guys that we don't know personally who, when they started, just hit you know, social media marketing so hard. Right. They were it all day, every day, and they've had to pull back. Right. they like, I've got to actually just do my business now. Right. I can't spend all my time like, just being social media guy right so it's like all this stuff takes time when you're absolutely. running a business yeah. like it just takes up time and you know if you can if you can have someone else put together your designs for you that means that you can spend other time designing more stuff right you can spend more time you know shipping and dealing with customers absolutely and, and the whole thing or getting contacts with with stores and whatever you need to do right artist relations you know. right so i totally get it uh, but I think going back to the military grade stuff, maybe that should be your pitching point. <laughs> uh, military grade effects pedals. Well, I, I, I should temper it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that I think you're not marketing yourself right. I'm just like we're just joking. Right. But I think that's I think that's a fun angle. Like other oh, military spec.
2: Well, I I asked my contract <laughs> manufacturers about taking like pictures of like you know this gps system like coming down the line next to like you know our little pc boards for you know effects right, right. pedals are like no you can't like we have you know like we can't do that because we have an agreement yeah there's yeah. two yes yeah, so i couldn't i'm very That's limited great. in the pictures that i can That's take great. in there it has to just be like of our <laughs> stuff only
0: right and like That's some the, employees the CIA like cia shows up <laughs> right that,
2: there's your yeah. new pitch
1: yeah. your new pitch is um The the pedals the government doesn't uh, want you to see.
2: uh,
1: (laughs) Vertex, to see our assembly line, check out Hillary's leaked emails on WikiLeaks. Right, right, right.
2: I think we should do the redacted overdrive and just like have a blackout. <laughs> there you go. go yeah. It. <laughs>
0: what's the What's the name of the guys that that leaks all that stuff? Snowden? Snowden. 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 Snowden Drive. Vertex. The only pedals leaked by Snowden. <laughs> no, I like or endorsed it. by Snowden. <laughs> endorsed. I like the idea of a
1: redacted one because then all you have to write for the pitch is like, the Vertex. And then, like, you blank out, Overdrive, and then just have, like, five lines of just, like, just, you can type whatever you want and then black it out. And then just write, you'll love it.
0: <laughs> and make it look like a blacked-out, like, FBI document yeah, or something. Yeah. There's, like, a blacked-out picture that's clearly, like, John F. Kennedy in the bottom.
1: <laughs> that's my one good marketing idea for my life. Who cool. killed Kennedy? And then we'll,
2: we'll find <laughs> out when you <laughs> buy <laughs> <laughs> to,
0: to link... To link the podcast with possible conspiracy theories <laughs> and government assassinations. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about uh, some of your products. You're telling us about your boost, yeah, which is pretty wild. I mean, it you know from your first visual impact, you're like, oh, it's like it's a boost, one knob, sure. You know, okay, I've got a boost, right. That's, that's a boost. But then you start explaining uh, kind of the uh, expression jack right situation, and I don't have any boost with an expression jack, and I've haven't heard of any others that have that.
2: Yeah, so th- there's one other that I know of that had come out subsequently to ours, which is made by uh, Moog. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's kind of more of like a like to add a color to the sound. Whereas right. the idea of ours, you it, it, it sprung out of kind of like what I was saying. Like I was building boards for guys, and at the time I was working with this session guy named Michael Landau, who played on you know tons of you know number right. one hits in the 80s and 90s. And he had had me mod this pedal called a Ray that was really popular a couple years ago in Overdrive, made right. in Japan. And he said, hey man, like can you do something where I can put an expression pedal into this thing and control the volume knob of the distortion pedal and I can do oh, it like oh, in yeah. real time because it kind of had a lot of different textures and sounds based on where you set that volume knob so what we did is we added we basically just put a bypass to the pot on the volume control and made it the pot inside the expression pedal right. to control it and it was pretty basic like anybody could do it it's just nobody had and uh so he's like man i really like this pedal but i wish i didn't have to have an overdrive on in order to control the volume so we started designing this boost that was based around the buffer that we would put in all of our pedal boards that was just really clear, linear, had no color, just whatever you have louder. Right. And that you could control with a volume pedal. And it had this insert point that would, you know, either use a TRS cable into an expression mm-hmm. pedal or an insert cable into a volume pedal. Didn't matter what the impedance of the volume or expression was, it would work with anyone. Wow. And it would control the volume and you'd bypass That's it cool. and the volume would still work but you'd be isolating the impedance of that volume pedal. Because the other thing that these session guys said is we got these volume pedals, but they kill our tone. How do we use them effectively and still be able to get the sound that we want. And so it was kind of a no-brainer, and immediately we were selling them to all of the big session guys in Nashville, like Tom Bukovac and Dan Huff and all the guys out in LA. So your volume pedal just basically becomes controller. Right, and it doesn't matter. You could have a $5 volume pedal, it would sound Uh the same as a $500 volume pedal. It's irrelevant at that point. It's just controlling the volume at that point. The impedance doesn't matter. Could you potentially uh, say you've got your volume pedal on your
0: board, right. and then you've got, uh, and then you've got your boost. Right. Could you potentially put a switcher in there and switch from it being either volume or expression, going from the boost or to like another pedal? Do you think that would work in theory?
2: Um, so, like, so basically, you're talking about, like, I know Mission makes this product where you can multi-switch multiple expression pedals. Like, right. Is that kind of the thing you're talking about? Well, here, here, like here's, I'm just thinking about my rig. Like
0: say I had your boost. Right. Say I've got like the uh, the Electro Harmonix Pitchfork. Got it. Okay. It's kind of like a pitch control. Right. And you can play expression to. Say I, I run. Uh, I run a switch after my expression pedal, right. and it goes to both the uh, the pitchfork and to your boost. Can I
2: switch back and forth between the if, boost and the pitchfork? If they were isolated at the same time, but you couldn't use them together, because okay. our, we, cause probably on the pitchfork, I'm imagining I haven't looked inside of it, but I imagine that it's probably Doing it, all, it's all digital control. So you can use one at a time. Yeah, ours okay. is all analog. So gotcha. sometimes on some of those switchers that switch multiple expressions into like multiple devices, uh-huh. sometimes there can be an issue with noise because those are made to control like a, a digital, like it's a VGA sort right. of Right. Well, i yeah. just talking yeah. about using like it's a control. switch
0: plate or like a simple like AB box or something like that. If
2: it were isolated completely A from B, you could do it. Interesting. Yeah. G- so g- if, you g- never uh, need, if you
0: never
1: needed to like. S-
0: I've got I rig goals have now. Have more
1: than one expression, like oh,
0: the the Beatles
1: back at Eastman. Look <laughs> out, Eastman is coming for you!
0: It's coming for you!
1: So, so, so that would, I guess, that would be your thing. Is do you have an expression pedal that you could do like use all of your expression outs, but you can only use right. one at a time?
0: Use I would have one expression. I mean, I've only got two feet. and I need one for standing. Right. So I only need one expression pedal, but I have different pedals that I can use expression with. Right. Is, is the concept right? Yeah. You just yeah. have to switch it through. Yeah.
2: Sorry to sideline this. No, away from it, it, your it, it is. It is. Po- it, it's all possible. We we had the Rogue Beetle. We had that one. <laughs> so then right. you've got uh, two other pedals, right? Right. So the the one that, that's really hot right now, that's brand new, is the Dynamic Distortion, which is a hybrid of a tube screamer and a fuzz face. So it has kind of that mid-range emphasis that a Tube Screamer would have, Uh but it has all the characteristics of a fuzz face, so it doesn't get buried in the mix like a typical fuzz face would because it's got that mid-range presence, Right. but it still has all the cleanup When you bring down the volume, it still gets that really sparkly, kind of almost like EL84 sort of chime when you bring it down, and then when you bring it up, it's like a real fire-breathing monster, kind of Uh germanium-style fuzz face but it's not using any transistors. It has no sensitivity to buffers. You can use it anywhere in your chain and it's not going to affect the way that it sounds. So it's very versatile in that in that regard. And it's really been well received for you know people who are kind of into doing that Hendrixy or Stevie Ray Vaughan sort of thing or they just kind of it does like great kind of Billy Gibbons yeah. like classic rock kind of rock tones. And so it's it's pretty versatile in what it does. It's very touch sensitive. Cool. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing that would be perfect
0: for someone who wants a fuzz yeah but doesn't want to have to build their rig around that fuzz to right. make it sound okay. Right. Because yeah. like fuzz faces, you know a lot of these original vintage fuzzes, people chase like the the tone dragon of like, oh it's gotta sound like the original one. Right. But it's like the guys who use these things, they were always on and they built their whole rig around it right. because there's, you know there's issues that you have to work around
2: sure yeah this is kind of like if 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 you you know maybe aren't a fan of fuzz and you need to have something that does fuzz that works with other stuff it'd be great or you know like we were working with uh, david ryan harris who is uh played in john mayer's band Mm -hmm. for a long time long time fuzz space user and he's just like, man, I mean, they're so inconsistent like night to night because yeah. Germanium is temperature sensitive. Yeah, uh-huh. So some gigs he brought it out, it sounded great. Other gigs he brought it out, and it was awful. And even when I've met with Eric Johnson before, he had like a box of like four or five fuzzes that he would like demo <laughs> before the gig because some what? of them would sound different. You know? Which, he's he's got to figure, that stuff, out. Yeah. He's gotta
1: figure <laughs> that stuff out where he just has like each one like number one, he's got a notebook, number one. Uh, room temperature, sixty-three to sixty-six degrees. Right. Someone's Therm- got to.
0: Someone's got to make a product that is a temperature-controlled pedal board. Right. For all your germanium pedals <laughs> and all your like temperature-sensitive things, it's like there's an a Faraday cage. Like, right. Controls like all like the noise. It's always going to be the temperature you want. You like your you like your fuzz cold.
2: Right. You can get your fuzz cold. there's <laughs> a compressor
0: on the back. It's a refrigerator. You can put your beer in it. Right. <laughs> well, today someone's today- going to build this thing. And I'm going to be like, I should have made it. I yeah. could have been so rich. And they're oh, going to like, Let's debut it we're
2: at we're Coachella. Rich. Let's do it. Coachella! <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's where you need to debut because it's like, you know, 95
1: degrees out yeah. there.
2: I got a pedal board back from Coachella once to like service and I pulled out one of the jacks and the pedal and just like sand like pours out of the input jack. Oh, <laughs> I open it up. There's just like a mess. Oh my gosh. Well, that's just, that's for other reasons. I was still working out of my house at that time when I got that pedal board back from Coachella. My wife was so furious because I, there was a carpeting in that room where I was working on pedal boards and it was oh, just no. like, oh a, man, yeah, a mess in there. We had to have the carpet steam cleaned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then, your other pedal is kind of—you're explaining—it's kind of like a Dumble in a box, sort of. So it's—it's—it's
2: right? it's, it's different than the typical Dumble that most people are aware of. You know, his right. most popular amp was the Overdrive Special, which right. is like uh-huh. what Robin Ford used, and that's a great sound. But what I was going for is the clean Dumble, which was called the Steel String Singer. There was only about a dozen of them ever made uh-huh. Stevie Ray recorded Texas Flood with, John Mayer, you know, Continuum. Gotcha. Um, but there was also other guys that were, you know, using the Steel String Singer like David Lindley. And it was really a slide amplifier, but had kind of been adapted, you know, to other guitar players using them. And it has this really beautiful compression, little bit of gain, but not super heavy gain. And it was just a single channel. Yeah. And, um... There hasn't really been any attempt to make that, and one of our clients has that amp. He has the first one ever made. Wow. And he let us take IRs of it. He let us, you know, look at the schematics of it, the circuitry. We were able to take it, you know, not apart, but kind of look and take some measurements off of what was going on there and then try to replicate that sound as closely as possible. And I would say we're about 90% close to what the real thing is. And our test amp was a Hot Rod Deluxe, so just a real typical mm-hmm. backline amp, and oh, we yeah. can get that amp to sound 90% close to the actual amp. That's cool. Yeah. Nice.
0: I mean, you're talking about you know an amp that people are trying to get like a Steve Avon sound, right? Like, you get most of the way there, and then you have to consider he's stacking tube screamers, right. And sometimes stacking crybabies, right? And whatever crazy thing he was doing that day, right? Yeah. So it's like. Nothing is going to be hundred percent there, and it's, it's like it's I, I like that you're saying yeah. ninety
2: percent instead
0: of being one of these guys like, oh yeah, this is it. We really no, did it. I,
2: I think you have to be realistic about yeah. what it does, but I I don't know how I could get any closer without like trying well, to well, do. You'd a have copy to build an amp, amp. right? <laughs> and so, yeah. So so that's the thing, you know. I mean, we, we understand we have limitations. We're working within what we know. Right. But man, if you put a, if you have this steel string singer on and you put on a tube screamer behind it. I mean, you're really pretty close. And I think people will see that with the demos that we're shooting right now, is that it's just, it adds kind of all those frequencies that people don't like about a Tube Screamer. It kind of brings those back. And you could see why guys who use that amp were such fans of the Tube Screamer, because that interaction between that amp it's kind of like they fill each other out so well. The frequencies are right. perfect. Right. You know? It's a really great, and it doesn't even have to be blues. Like, it just is the biggest, fattest Wait. lead tone you'll hear. You're telling me it doesn't have to be blues? Doesn't have to
0: be blues. Someone could play something other than blues? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. believe you. Yeah, well.
1: <laughs> uh, you're saying you're in the process of uh, like making the demos, the demo videos and stuff right now. Yeah. What's your anticipated release for the pedal?
2: I'm hoping for September. You know, like, I, I kind of try to be careful to not release stuff too far on the heels of other sure. things. Although sure. I should temper that by saying it took me two years to go from the boost to this next pedal. So, <laughs> so maybe it's like... You're uh, telling
0: me you took two years to R&D this thing, every day, no. all day, just no. making sure it's perfect. No, oh, no. come I, on. I wish I could say that. I'm trying that. to help
2: you sell this thing. No. <laughs> so I actually started... So the, what? how we started with the dynamic distortion is I was modding this pedal called a Maxon Sonic Distortion, an SD9. Right. For, for a bunch of guys in LA and you know there's a lot of guys who have you know pretty famous users of the SD, SD9 like Scott Henderson is one of the guys who's a big fan of it and also Michael Landau and there's another guy named Jamie Kime who's kind of a LA based guy who, who's really known for using that and people get great tones out of it but it's kind of a weird pedal in that Like the tone knob has to be off on it for it to really sound right because it can get kind of ratty and bright Uh um, because the tone is a high pass filter and so we added you know kind of our take on it and 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 kind of made it more gainy so it could get into the fuzz territory made it clean up better so it can get totally clean but it still has that touch and 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 feel that 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 pedal has but anyway we were doing those mods three years ago right but when we when we released the boost um, right at the time we released the boost we had also been at that time selling a pedal called the Axis Wall, which was a wall that we were buying from BBE, uh-huh. and we were. Branding with our own aesthetics and changing a couple of parts and selling it at a much higher price, and we never said that we were buying stuff from BBE at that time. I remember all this. Yeah. Going down. So we yeah. never said that we were buying stuff from BBE. This, ho- this w-
1: whole time, I've been thinking to myself, should we talk about that? Yeah. Oh. But now that you brought it up, right? I right. Guess we're right. Up in season. So no, cool. I think that's cool. no. I think
2: it's really. An, I think it's important that that sure. everybody know about the history because it's in, it's important. Yeah. And it's you know it, whether it's a scar on your face or not. It's like it has it has to it, you know. We all do stuff that. You know. Yeah, so anyway, so when when this was made known like on the gear page and was really blown yeah. up, my uh-huh. first instinct was to deny and lie about what the origin was, instead of just like saying, Hey, we were buying it from them with their full knowledge, we were buying it from them with their in our company name. It wasn't any like, you know, backdoor, you know, sort of right, stuff. Right. But, you know, lied about it and you know, this came to a head. We lost like all of our endorsers, we lost oh, all man. of our dealerships. And it was kind of like this critical point where I was like you know what like you know the company may not survive this we may never come out with anything else again nobody may ever buy our stuff again but I want to be able to either exit this business or whatever's next and just you know make sure that I've restored integrity with as many people as possible so hey this is the truth of what happened we were buying stuff from BBE we were rebranding it we were changing like three parts and we were charging you know double the price and although we never had any reliability or any sort of quality issues with the product we lied about what the marketing was we lied about what the product was right. and this is and, and I want to make it right for people I'll give anybody a full refund who's ever bought this product right. and it ended up being about $180,000 in refunds that I paid Damn. Wow. and every single person as of the close of 2015 was given either a full refund or if they wanted a product exchange for a new pedal or if they wanted a, to keep the product and just get a credit for the Difference between the BBE WA and what they paid for our WA, we did whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was, it was really tough, but that was, you know, the reason why we couldn't really come out with anything else because every dollar I was making, I was, you know, providing refunds to. I didn't take a salary for 2015 so that I could provide those refunds and yeah, all of our vintage amps. But I'm not mad about that because that was certainly my responsibility. Sure. I, mean, I you know, I, I was out of integrity and I needed to do whatever was possible to make that right. So that was the main... It wasn't because this R&D had been taking three years. I mean, <laughs> right, right. You know, I, spent about a, I spent about a year developing the, the dynamic distortion, but I just couldn't come out with it for two years because I just didn't have any money to do it. Everything was going to support the customers and dealers oh. who had bought the product in good no, faith and didn't now, get what they thought now they it's got.
1: Like, now you've got this double market double-edged marketing sword because it's like, do you say that you just spent like two years doing R&D or do you say... This was the comeback product. We were at our lowest depths. Yeah, this is our comeback. product. I totally
0: forgot about all that. Yeah, as yeah. Steve obviously remembered. But <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that we got to talk about that. That's that's awesome. I a, a big thing for us. And we've talked to different people who like we talked to to Jonathan from TMG. Right. And, you know, various other brands that have you know, a lot of brands get controversy in their right. history. It just happens. Well, it's poor a very Jonathan big, inherited
2: that. You know, yeah, he had nothing yeah. to do with
0: it. A <laughs> lot of you know, this is is. You know, gear is personal, but it's also business. And people make business decisions all the time in every single company that they either don't think about or it doesn't seem like a big deal at the time. Or maybe they are legitimately evil and selfish (laughs) and greedy. But it's like these things just happen. And it's just like you just got to handle them correctly and and move on and learn from them. Absolutely. Uh, Would you say after this experience that, like, it's made you... Like more honest than most people probably are with their <laughs> gears, with their gear businesses. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you're saying like 90% on the clothes on your pedal. I'm like, wow, that's like a big dose of honesty from someone. Sure. Do you think that's where that comes from?
2: Well, I, I think that I certainly am really, really careful about the language that I use around the marketing and the, ge- and the gear. You know, I think that there are. I think there's some people that don't or aren't aware about of any of this stuff and, sure. and, and don't don't have any context for it. There's some people that are and are really passionate about um, being an advocate for other people that are buying pedal gear and, right. and well, especially telling, on the gear page. Sure, on the gear page, they got a little militant there for a while. <laughs> well, and, and even and even still, I think that there's some people that that have a real emotional trigger anytime yeah, they hear the the company name or they hear about me and 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 uh, and they have a lot of things that they, you know, that opinions that they have about me personally yeah. or uh, what I, what I did. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, don't,
0: I, don't be fooled. Now that I've remembered this, I'm going to be posting this on the gear page just for the hate yeah, listens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just to get those sweet, sweet oh, hate, dude, listens. Yeah. <laughs> hate listens.
2: hate listens? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and i and I, I I'm, think our,
1: I think our TMG interview, like every six months, somebody just comes in to like drop another truth bomb air quotes right. truth bomb no no like guys we've read everything we know what's up like there's right. no truth bombs to drop right well and, and
2: I think that there's some customers in the gear page that will never win they will yeah. never win back yeah. you know no, and, and, and um, but well, I, I think
0: honestly a lot of those people you didn't have them to begin with no I, I, I
2: didn't I didn't but you know I think that the thing that, that I saw is that because I got to give all those people refunds who actually sure. bought the product I think most of those people I found are have been returned customers with this new product right. because cool. I think that they felt like they that I handled them ethically and honestly yeah yeah. and there's some people on the gear page that still like everything that I do even though I I feel like I'm trying to go uh, out of my way to really be you know authentic and genuine with everything that I say about what I do that it still looked under with a microscope and you know that's that's kind of my cross to bear because you know I, I definitely put myself in that position to begin with and and, uh, you know, I think that that's just kind of one of the things I'm going to have to live with, you know, as, sure. as long as I'm in business making right. pedals. And, uh, you know, hopefully over time they, they can uh, find it in their hearts to forgive me. But if they don't, you know, I wish them well and, and uh, I think there's give a, me a thick skin. to, to kind of, of, Sure,
0: <laughs> sure. I think there's an expiration date on this sort of stuff as long as it's handled correctly. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's stuff Mike Matthews did back in the 70s that <laughs> that people would have complained about if there was the internet and who would have remembered it now right. you know it's like so if you're still doing this in decades I have a feeling no one's going to remember yeah I
2: mean I think I think time is your friend for these sort of things yeah. but yeah it, the main thing I just wanted people to know is like a lot of people know the headlines but they don't know much about what happened subsequently right. and sure. if there's one thing whether people ever buy my stuff again or not is yeah. that I, I really did make it right for every person that bought that product.
0: I think a lot of people too like they read their guitar magazines or they look online and they assume that every company that they know about and come in contact with is some big organization. And what we've learned doing this show is just so often it's one person. It's like three dudes at at most. Most of the time. Like We were talking to the guys from Boss Roland over here and they're like we still see ourselves as like a small company wow and their boss rolling right they're like we're still a family business right we you know there's still like the family involved and everything like that right like it's it's my mentality that every business like there's someone up at the top is like this is my family business this right. is my small business yeah. no matter right. how big it is and how that
1: translates down I mean that changes right. you know I mean I'm but with you
0: you're it's just you right and but you're, it, you're it, having stuff yeah, made so, but it's just
2: you yeah so we so what what I do and I, and I say we because I have other people that are like permanent contractors that like work with me doing marketing stuff or uh-huh. work with me doing graphic design or work with me. Um, designing products like my my ability to to design or do PC board layouts is like limited so I only do the things that I know that I'm good at like doing initial designs breadboarding and then handing it off to a guy who does PC board layouts and he will lay out the you know what I've done in a way that's going to be you know the most effective as far as reliability and ease of assembly or ease of repair if something comes right Um, and so I know the things that I do well and I know the things that I don't do well, and I think that it's translated into our product being really reliable and bulletproof, right. you know? Like, cool. I'm not a mechanical engineer. We uh, had a guy design our, our enclosures, and I yeah. said they need to be able to take, you know, this amount of weight on the foot switch, it needs to be able to dissipate, you yeah. know, this amount of heat. If you know,
0: right. so I like we, that you have your own enclosures, by the way. I think that's going to be the next thing coming up soon. Yeah, Like people getting away from the, the standard enclosures and yeah. Yeah. getting and I think, into I, their
1: own thing. Market is kind of like I think we're starting to see you know more guys go to flat boards, more guys go to like travel-friendly boards. Right. Where you know I feel like the whole like the 125 box or the 1590, like right. this, those small boxes, right? We're kind of like they're one, they're s- standardized. You can get them anywhere. Right. But two, like they all line up. You can fit you know 18 of them right. on a pedal right. train or whatever, right. and you're good to go. Um, and I think as guys start to move more to, like, I really only need five effects. I've got this board I've been fitting 18 effects on, right. but I really only need five. So now they're going to be more open to, like, different shapes. And, and that's right. where, like, something there's something unique going look to on. it can be, right. can be a, a good thing.
2: Yeah. And I'm kind of waiting for the small pedal fad to end because <laughs> a, as somebody, I mean, a, as somebody who's built, you know, hundreds of pedal boards uh-huh. over time, i can say that when i see a small pedal like there's no gain size-wise if you're really looking at like an right. efficiency because right. even if i can get uh, them really close together we can't redesign the aerogonomics of a foot yeah you know? exactly <laughs> i mean look at these things
0: like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've been uh, one of our one of our uh, great sponsors is barefoot buttons i don't right. know if you know about them yeah 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 but they, they make these things so you can get your foot on there more easily right. And it's like, all my pedals are so tight, right. and everything keeps getting smaller. Right. Like, I need these things just to get my little
2: toe in there to like right. turn a
0: pedal on. I've got to right. play barefoot these days. It's ridiculous.
2: Right. <laughs> right. So maybe one of these days, that's going to that's gonna end. But I just, you know, yeah. I've, I've been seeing and there's been people that have asked, you know, could we make our pedals in a smaller enclosure? And really, I try to explain to them, with the top jacks, my pedals are smaller yeah. than a Phase 90 yeah. is on a pedal board, yeah. because those jacks have just a finite, you know, yeah. width. And it's really not that big of a deal. It's it's not. (laughs) It's um, not a big
0: deal. And then. I, I was I, I've been had this concept in my head for a while. We keep this thing What's going. What's this and going. concept? This is longer than that the regular episode. This you show just this
2: show this show started. I'm trying to let him go back to school. I book. know. I know. That's oh, all right. There's no. It seems like it's. It's because you're not in. there. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll
0: wrap it up on this. I've been thinking about putting together a pedal board that is just big pedals. Like I'll just oh get like an old bu- Dude, Pete Pete Cornish yeah. style. Yeah. Get like you know <laughs> get like the big uh, memory man. Yeah. Get a big muff like I a big I just want big you, muff. you to get buy a big full size fuzz
1: face. You know just. Big stuff. Yeah,
0: find some kind of light drive that's huge. Yeah, (laughs) I I just want to
1: see you spend like four hundred dollars on a pedal. (laughs) Yeah, problems enough spending. Trying to work up the courage to spend 400 on yeah. a guitar. I Buy know. every
2: electric harmonics pedal from the 70s. Yeah, exactly. Just put yeah. it on there. It'll be well, an electroharmonics board. This has been great. Yeah, likewise. Totally oh, awesome. If yeah. people
1: want to check out what's your – you got a site?
2: Yeah, so you can go Off, to – Everyone's got a site. Vert, <laughs> VertexEffects.com. All right, right, very
1: cool. Well, thanks, Mason. Yeah, all right. great great. Uh, we'll be seeing you
2: around. We're going to try yeah, to talk thanks, to everyone guys. here thanks. if
1: we can. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming on. You got it. Later. Bye.